Hello and welcome to 251, Two Pianists, Five Minutes, One Subject. And this is an ongoing series of short podcasts about jazz. My name's Simon Whiteside. My name's Nick Tomlin. And one of the things we, we try to do with these podcasts um, occasionally is, is shine a light on musicians who, for whatever reason, haven't um, gained the recognition they may have. Um, sometimes we almost play a little game, we try and catch each other out. I mean, I found a pianist we're going to talk about a bit later in this series that Simon hadn't heard of. Um, and Simon found one that I hadn't heard of, um, and that's going to be the subject of our podcast today, and that is um, Des Left Hand Luton. And I'm going to pass over uh, to Simon, who knows a bit more about Des. Well, I have to be honest, until uh, Ian Marcus lent me the 78 play, I, I didn't know much about him either, but um, have a listen to this. It's really quite extraordinary. <laughs> We'll have to fade that down because uh, we've only got five minutes to talk about him. But um, he was a pattern cutter, uh, you know, part-time in the family business. And the thing about pattern cutters are that they get... I mean, Ian's dad was one, in fact. Um, and he... They, they, they put, like, ten levels of fabric down and cut with these enormous shears. And because Des was left-handed, he got a massive left bicep. I mean, mm. normally they'd have a massive right bicep. But, um, but it, certainly Ian's dad had a bigger bicep on the right hand because they were, you know... It's, it's like uh, working out your hands all the time. But, you know, what an extraordinary left hand. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I've never heard piano played quite like that before. And um, it's almost like he's kind of reversed the usual, you know, so he's sort of soloing with his left, isn't he, and playing the chords with the right. But um, it's such a strong left hand. It's amazing. Really. I mean, I don't know if that was sort of, I mean, obviously he's playing the tune in block chords in the right hand. Mm. So, um, in fact, um, I can uh, put a transcription of, of it up on, mm. on our Patreon page. Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested in that. Uh, people see what's going on. But... I mean, that could well be a sort of worked out thing. I don't know. Although it does sound like it's different each time, doesn't it? It, doesn't mm, sound like it the sounds same. improvised to me. Yeah, 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 maybe it is improvised. But um, that was his thing, apparently, that, you know, what he's known for. So um, we need to talk about a bit about him. Um, uh, the interesting connection for me is that he was, uh, his dad worked, first of all, before he had his own company, Luton and Barnes, he worked for Victor Feldman's dad, who was a, a tailor and, or had a tailoring company. And, uh, and Victor Feldman's dad started what became the 100 Club. It was originally called Feldman Swing Club uh, at Max Restaurant, which was at 100 Oxford Street. And uh, that was really to feature the trio of his sons, who were all really good players. Um, and if I, I think Des might have played piano with the very... Because Victor Feldman started drumming when mm -hmm. he was like seven or something stupid. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, went on to be very well-known in America. And he, he emigrated. Yeah. But um, extraordinary thoughts. Although, really, it was, uh, I mean, this guy, Des, played with Ian's dad, at, who had a residency for many years at a, a place called La Cage d'Or, which uh, Ian said was off Finchley Road. And uh, it was more like those sorts of gigs that this guy did. Although, um, Ian said he played with, like, Roland Lacey and, and Val Mannix, mm -hmm. those sorts of guys. So, so how did he get this recording? Uh, where did this recording come oh, from? Oh, right, yeah, well, it was a rehearsal, I think, um, I've got a feeling we're kind of making you know some of this up, really, mm, but mm -hmm. it, it, we think it was at possibly at the railway tavern where you, they used to have rehearsals in the day, where Klukes Cliques Club would run. Mm -hmm. um, so there was a piano there, and he had a friend at Decca next door, which was which was their uh, studio until the eighties, and um, his mate pressed that recording to uh, seventy eight for him, just you know, some, as a 
kind of curio, really, I suppose. Because mm. I don't think they made any records, um, you know, that certainly not released anything. No, so that's really the only the only recording. Uh, probably is the only recording right, okay. of this guy live yeah. uh, at all. Yeah, mm. amazing, really. Yeah, and I mean, the the unfortunately he like like a lot of um, fellow musicians in that generation. I mean, I think he had a a kind of a drink problem. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, well, that's the that's what Ian said. He, he, you know, yeah. he sort of. I think he died in the eighties of sort of liver problems mm. um, related to drinking, but. Um, yeah, just I always find that really interesting. Those sort of on the fringes players. Mm. Um, anyway, it looks like uh, we're coming to the end of our five minutes, so mm. um, that's the last we'll hear of Des Luton. From me, Simon Whiteside, goodbye. And from me, Nick Tomlin, goodbye. <laughs>